going to do a little story. This is a participation story. It's called The Good Heart of Thunderpants. You have to have to help me do it. It's a peace story. So there's some sound effects in it. You're going to help me do all the sound effects. First sound effect is, we hope nobody's actually doing this, but maybe somebody might. Somebody just about to go off to sleep. Can you hear that? Next sound effect is somebody sucking on a magic pacifier. Hear that. Good. That's good. Now, next sound effect, we all have to be very serious actors and actresses to do this one. We know for a fact that there are hungry people in the world today. Severely hungry children, some of whom have not eaten. So they're weak and they're softly, softly crying themselves to sleep. So it sounds like this. Hear that. Very good. Next thing is pacifier. Putting out your hands, flying across the sky. Ready? Come on. Swooping down with your cape. On the count of three, the audience participation part. Great feast, celebration, and party as loud as you wish. One, two, three. Other kids seriously now crying in a nearby land. Pacifier. Flying over to see what the trouble is. The next one, scolding. No, no, no. Ready? No, no, no. You can do that a little louder. No, no, no. That's good. Next thing is bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pacifier. Gathering up stars. Throwing them like frisbees. Sticking one in the corner. Pacifier. Going off to sleep. And the very last one of this story, three beats of the heart. Ready? Bum, 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 bum. Hey guys, I know a girl whose nickname is Thunderpants because she has lightning bolt stickers on the side of her diaper. <laughs> hey Thunderpants, what are you doing? I'm practicing to grow bigger. Well, as you can see, Thunderpants is one of the smartest girls in the whole world. Not only is she smart, she's good-hearted, which may explain why she was chosen to get a magic pacifier. Well, anyway, one night when she was sucking on her pacifier, just about to go off to sleep. She heard the faint weeping of little children on the other side of the earth. Aww. Why are they crying, Thunderpants? They're crying because they're hungry and don't have enough to eat. And so, with the aid of her pacifier, Thunderpants flew across the sky. While she was flying, she thought there was lots of extra food everywhere, so she swooped down with her cape. Yeah. Now, with a great feast, celebration, and party. Even while they were feasting and celebrating, she heard some other kids crying in a nearby land. Faster than anything, she flew over to see what the trouble was. Now, when she got there, the kids told her why they were crying was because the parents, the adults, had gotten into a war and were fighting and squabbling over land and other possessions. And so, Thunderpants gathered the warring adults together, scolded them for not learning to share and love one another like they were always telling the kids to do. No, no, no! And they were so ashamed of themselves, they dug a great big deep hole, pushed all their bomb, bombs, guns, and tanks in there, covered them over with dirt, and made peace. It was a great peace celebration. Now they came to Thunderpants and they said, Thunderpants, you're our hero. And she smiled and she said, I'm not your hero, I'm your shero. Yeah! <laughs> all the feminists in the audience. Now, feeding the hun hungry and stopping wars was tiring work, so she said goodbye to her new friends. Bye. Bye. Stuck her pacifier in her mouth. Zoomed across the night sky. <laughs> Gathered up stars and threw them like frisbees. 
down to each house below so that every kid could have a nightlight. Then she zoomed into her room, sucked the one star she saved for herself in the corner, stuck her pacifier in her mouth, slipped into a dream, filled with all the good deeds she was going to do with her magic pacifier, and with her good heart, bum, 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 bum. which is, after all, the most potent magic of all. Yeah. yeah. How about a song about positive people standing up, holding hands together, singing songs, and saving the land? A woman came up to me after a show in Eugene, Oregon last year. She told me if you look at a map of Kentucky, eastern Kentucky, it looks like the moon. If you look on Google Maps, because they've blown the tops off of so many mountains to extract the coal. So she asked me if I'd write a song for it, and that's what this song is. There's a place not far from here, just a ways up in the hills, where the folks face to live that old time way. Where mama cleans the kitchen, and daddy cleans the deer, and music is the game all the children go to play.
the bigger knowledge faded to appear in circles, spirals, ghosts of former understandings. Jokes that fall flat because you've had to have seen them. Oh, my urn of ashes for those questions. Feed my smile with your faded glory. Leave a clue for future researchers to find.
Yeah. 
They say laughter is the best medicine. Where's your stance on recreation? Ha 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 Cool. Thanks for that thought. Thanks for that thought. Appreciate that. We love you. Loving you. Yeah, love you too. Love you a lot. gathering. What's it all about? And so I just turn them and say, go to the Unitarians and turn left. Now some of you might remember this song from the Missouri <laughs> gathering and please join in. Just a couple of lines. Help the kids sing, right?
if you know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others have made may prevail in the world. In following our wrong God home, we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible errors of childhood out to storm through the broken dike. And as elephants parade, holding each elephant's tail, but if one wanders, the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel and perhaps the root of all cruelty to know what occurs but not recognize the fact. And so I appeal to a voice, something shadowy, a remote important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, let us reconsider, for the parade of our mutual lives may be lost in the dark. The messages we give, yes or no or maybe, should be clear. The darkness around us is deep.
Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's the name of our show. That's the name of our podcast. That's the name of our YouTube channel. We are on mutinyradio.fm right now. Who are we? Well, it's Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman 
and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on once again. Let's oh, watch a full-length movie. I nearly oh. forgot to put you on. I was so excited to talk about mutinyradio.fm, where we stream first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make a habit of it. Go ahead and listen. Go to mutinyradio.fm. You'll find their feed. You could add it to your podcast player. You could just listen to it directly. And you can donate to their Patreon page or their Venmo page. Helps the station. Helps us. Check their uh, their website out. Uh, great place. Great to be on. Carl, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube here on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie Radio. on YouTube. Yeah, on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio. What's the movie today? Today we are watching Children of the Corn, 1984. Children Whoa. of the Corn. 1984, wow. a movie that scared me as a child. So that's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Children of the Corn, and we like Film Freak. That's the channel we like. Film okay. Freak. You know, part of the premise of this show is that we see movies that I read about no, and never had I'm, a chance I'm, to see. I'm sorry. It's Movie Freak. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. It, the channel we like All is right. Movie Freak. Okay. Movie Freak is the channel. It is hosting the movie that we are watching today. We'd love for you to type in children of the corn 1984 and look for the version hosted by movie freak find that link click it hit pause and move it to zero 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 we're going to have a celebrity comedian countdown that carl has spoken to it's going to do the countdown for us and when they say go go ahead and hit go all right i'm really excited carl man we're going right to the source uh as i said this podcast is about movies i've read about I've never watched a Children of the Corn movie at all, but I've read about them, so I'm really excited to go to the source, back where it all started. Here's Carl with his Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Mike Morse. Welcome, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you did. Oh, Mike, we've been knowing each other a while. We met at Scotty's, uh, Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove. And I read the credits when I bring you up. And mm -hmm. one of them is the Jay Leno show. Uh, no, is the Tonight Show. Now, you yes. wrote for them during Jay Leno's time. Tell me I, about I, that. I wrote. It was a, it was a, a wonderful thing because I could do it from home. It was a freelance thing where, you know, they, they hire me and... I just every day, just uh, in the morning, sit at my little computer box and type out jokes, send it to them by, I think it was like one o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it's, you know, it's early for them. Right. And uh, then that night I would watch to see if they used the joke or not. And then, you know, <laughs> ching. <laughs> and when they did, day. yeah, you'd get a charge out of it. Yeah, but then you get mad. You get mad if they don't use like a joke that you think is great. You're like, oh, <laughs> didn't hear one that like they used that with the kind of sucked. You know, that was in the same vein. And uh, and, and worse is is yeah, and and you have this joke and you work on it, you craft it perfectly. You're you know working your 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 butt off on it. And uh, and he'll go, hey, you know, here's the thing. Is there, uh, there's a and he'll stumble over it and he's like you screwed it up jay and i'm yelling at the tell i'm yelling at jay leno through my television right and then he blames saying man that wasn't very funny well you screwed it up jay okay this is, i'm having a dialogue yeah, with, uh, with tv jay leno so you've done a lot of writing for big 
time uh, shows. And I, you wrote a lot for Comedy Central. The roasts, uh, tell me about writing for them. I did. Well, I started because I had uh, uh, <clears throat> I worked for Lisa Lampanelli for uh, for a long time and, and wrote her uh, helped write her her roasts uh, sets for right. Comedy Central when she was on. And then I did for some other people on there, too. So it was always, you know, a, a unofficial uh, uh, capacity. It was like people would, would call me and say, I'm going to be on this uh, oh, roast. Yeah. I need jokes. And, and again, I'm sitting at my little computer box in my underwear writing and <laughs> and uh, and, uh, you know, watching it as it happens. So, uh, yeah, the, so it's cool. Great it's, visual. It's, yeah, the best is probably the, the and the one, you know, usually you get used And a lot of times there's guys I know, you know, that I've come up through the ranks with. They've gone farther up the ranks. But uh, <laughs> uh, but the best was for the, um, which, it was the Alec Baldwin roast. And I got to write uh -huh. some jokes for, uh, for De Niro. And uh, so Robert De Niro was doing my jokes. And that, that was like, that's cool, man. <laughs> and, That's a charge. And, and yeah, and he's like, you know, this thing. That's him doing the jokes, and you know, and you know, you're like, and 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 he's nailing him. And I'm like, yes, you're doing better than Leno. Yes. <laughs> now, so, not yes. only roasts for Lisa Lampanelli, but you did other. You did a lot of writing for her. You opened for her. Tell me about that mm -hmm. relationship. I know she's retired now. Yes, uh, she uh, she's not doing comedy any longer. Um, but it was it was great, man. We had a great relationship, working relationship, and uh, I just uh, started writing roast jokes for her, and uh, she needed an opener. Uh, and so for I think it was seven or eight years, I was wow. on the road with her, just traveling around, and it was great. I mean, like yeah. that's not the life. You 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 know, you fly out to Chicago, you do a beautiful theater, you stay in a nice hotel. And, uh, you know, everything is taken care of. You get to the, you know, they're sending you to the uh, back and forth from the airport. And, uh, and I mean, it was, it was like being in show business there for yeah. a while. So, and now here I am in meetings, <laughs> not in cars, talking to Carl. So. Right. <laughs> it's small time. Welcome. Plenty <laughs> of room in the middle. Plenty of room in the middle. <laughs> so, but that was great. It was great. She was a great person to work for. Yeah. Um, and it was when she was at the top of her game there and, uh, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was, uh, uh, I, I, I do miss it occasionally. Now we just did a show together and you brought all of the stuff for puppets in love, but you didn't yes. perform it. Now, now, you know, I love more than you puppets in love. Why don't mm -hmm. you tell everyone, you know, how you, okay. Just he, he plays a song. Uh, he, he plays a medley of songs and goes through a, a relationship Genesis, the hard times, the breakup, and the reuniting. How did you come up with this idea? And, you know, you've got the puppets, you know. Right. Well, um, how it started was I, I, I write for uh, one of the people I write for is a ventriloquist, you know, and, uh, you know, pretty well known. And uh, he was looking for some new bits. And I, I thought of this bit about two puppets who are having a relationship, you know, meet have a relationship, have problems. And so I'm writing it for his puppets. And as I'm doing, and, and it, kind of, it was one of those where when it comes to you really fast and you say, you know, it's good. And uh, there's like, so I, I just make a list of these like 50 songs and yeah. edit them all together. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, well, you know, at the time I was doing a bit with a Cabbage Patch uh, doll that I had taken the head off and it was the, and so I have the body and it was just, uh, uh, the first villain, uh, ventriloquist dummy for the hearing impaired. And I would just do, uh -huh. you know. 
And so, so I had hard. that. So I had that, and I'm like, well, you know what? If I get another one, and then put a little eyes on them so they have faces, I can do it myself because this is really funny. So I had already told the guy about it, and I call him up, and I'm like, hey, I got some good news and bad news. This is a really funny bit. Bad news is I'm not selling it to you. <laughs> so I just started doing it, and it's a great closer. Uh, you know, it is. It's, it, it, yeah, it always, you know, it's always a people pleaser, as they say. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I did not do it the last time we worked just because of the the, the theater. People were very far away. Yeah, and the closest people were about twenty five feet or so, and it's that's really it's really a bit where you need to be there to invest in the puppet. Otherwise, it's some guy doing this, and you're like, what is he doing up there? Yeah, you really sort of emote with uh, your hands. You bring them to life. Great song choices. It's a favorite of mine. You know, and I was all hyped to see it, and it did not appear. And so I spoke with you after, but yeah, okay. So you yeah, and I brought it. I had it with me, and I'm looking, yeah. and I'm like, no, nah, this is not gonna. It's not. This is not the place that it'll work. So well, you close strong anyway. It's just that uh, it's just. I well, no I, I I told Carl before we started, just as we were getting ready to get started. I said, when I die, I will give the puppets in my will to Carl, and, and then you'll carry on their tradition. It'll be like Gallagher, too. Is it a cassette tape? <laughs> it's a CD. I'm up to uh, the 2000s. You're up to CD? Yeah, this technology, you're going to be around a while. So you've got a long-running podcast. It's called The Miserable Men Show. and. Yes. It's been on different venues. You're still doing it today. People can check that out. Tell me about that. It started out, we were on, um, on Sirius, on Howard Stern's uh, 101 channel. Uh, ten, well, before, I think we ended 10 years ago, so it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we were on for five years and, and did really well, and then Howard ended up taking all the original programming off of his 101 channel. Uh, so we were, we were done. Um, but it was this, it's the same guys. It's Shuley from the uh, from Howard Show, uh, Reverend Bob Levy, great comic, um, Brent Hatley, who was from Bubba Love Sponge uh, yeah. Show, and uh, Mark Burns, who was originally a caller. He would call in uh, early on in the days of Miserable Men. He would call in and and uh, just do jokes. He would do a wrap up of the show from from his home, and he was such a funny caller. We said, "Come on in," and he came in and he was great and he fit well. And we ended up just saying, "Keep coming in." And uh, he kept coming in because we didn't have to pay him. And uh, eventually he became part of the show. So now it's it's those uh, – well, Brent wasn't on originally, but so it's the, the original four, which was us, and then Brent. And we have a great uh, uh, engineer, producer, Iso, who's uh, also part of the mix. And it's great. It's on Patreon. It's it's uh, politically incorrect. Sorry. Yes. Um, uh, but it's funny and really dirty and weird, and uh, we just kind of—it's two hours every Wednesday. We just sit there and uh, virtually like this, and we just bust each other's chops and come up with topics and challenges and insults, and it's fun. Yeah. No, the pandemic brought that back to life. You were telling me, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, we we were just sitting around, and I was talking to Bob, uh, and he's like, you know, we should do that. We should do. We should definitely do. I was like, he's like, can you call Shuli? And I was like, yeah, I'll call. So I call Shuli. He's like, you up for it? He's like, yeah. So we, so all of a sudden, we just zoomed, conference called all of us, and we, and, and from right as soon as we all got together in the same Zoom, just talking, we were just busting each other's chops, you know. And I was like, I worry, we got to do this again. Yeah. And uh, so you know, we we uh, put a little bit more production into it, not much, but 
you know, and now it, now it's a, a finely oiled machine, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's for the price of an uh, a frou frou cup of coffee. You can yeah. uh, watch us, uh, you know, four shows a month, and then there's another tier, which is a two frou frou cups of coffee. You can you can see uh, double these shows uh-huh. on Patreon. On pa- it's patreon.com backslash the miserable men show the miserable men show now how can people find you mike morse out there on social media out there on the internet um i well i'm a stalker so if you (laughs) i'll um, find you (laughs) uh, i'm on uh, facebook just mike morse uh it's a fairly common name as you have to look through and find this face um, and then on um, on Instagram, I'm Insta Mike Morse, and on uh, Twitter, I'm uh, Mike Morse says because I say things on. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I I put jokes on every day. I put car- I draw caricatures every day because that's uh, one of my things I like to do, a little hobby. So uh, there's a lot to see there. M O R S E. M O R S E. Mike Morse, like the code. Like the code, right? Yeah. Now. Mike Morse. We're looking for three dots and a dash here because everyone at home is to poise to watch Children of the Corn with us as oh, we yeah. see it here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Mike Morse, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, so we're going ready? I'm going to start on three, right? I want to get this right. <clears throat> this is my big moment. <clears throat> three, two, one, action. Very excited to see Children of the Corn. Yes, yes. Thank you for kicking it off, celebrity comedian. Oh, that was excellent. Celebrity comedian, that was great. Uh, I I hope you had your moment of sun. But now Hal Roach of the famous Silent Pictures (laughs) and New World are going to present maybe another silent movie? (laughs) Well, because you didn't turn the sound on. Oh, I, I have the sound on. Oh, I had it on mute. Here we go. I had it on mute. But didn't you not hearing it give you an indication? Okay, never mind. Okay, as long as we hear it. I don't hear it's, it. Uh, I, don't, I, hear, I hear like a, the title credits are just basically Stephen King's Children of the Corn. You don't need music for that. And Hal Roach. Hal Roach is the reason this whole thing happened. He bought the rights to the book. It was a short story, actually. And uh, he's the one who's – I mean, it went on to have 11 – uh, chapters, you know, eleven. Like it was a franchise. Yeah, no. Last last year there was twenty twenty one. There was a version. Yeah, yeah. Did you know the story was originally published in the nineteen seventy seven issue of Hustler magazine? Really, that's great. Yeah. So people wow. were like jerking, jerking off. Kids killing everybody because of some <laughs> demon corn. Children of the corn. Now, here we are before the trouble. Here we are in nice old Nebraska town. It's called Gatlin, Gatlin, Nebraska. And you see how nice it is. It's 1950s in the 80s, right? It is a great place. And by the way, if anyone from Nebraska is listening, we're so excited to do a film about your state uh, that's in your state. I'm looking forward to learning more about Nebraska and what a little town like Gatlin offers. Really now, thrilled. I tell you about Nebraska and Gatlin. This thing was filmed in Iowa. That's great. That's fine. I mean, it could have just been shot in Burbank for all I know. But, well, actually, some of it was, yes. But most of it is in three towns in Iowa. But why don't they just... Okay, they went to church. After church, they get to go out. But the right. wife and sister aren't there. He's calling because the sister has 104 fever. 
Wow, that's uh, that's uh, a lot of storyline going on. And also the kid is narrating, right? Yeah, the kid is doing a voiceover. Now, I did see this back in the day, and this film scared the hell out of me. I was just a little kid. Right. Well, you, you, yeah, that's right, Carl. You, you were in high school. So these are all like your friends in high school. You're like, there's Ricky with the hat, that little. I, you know, I think it was earlier than high school because my memories of it. Now it's 19. Let's see when it was released in 84. So that was my. Hmm. Maybe I was scared in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to see it. Actually, I think The Thing came out in, like, 82, and that movie scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, The oh, look Thing. At so, so I could get these children want to kill everybody, but who's the waitress? Well, okay, that's one thing that doesn't make sense to me in the story. The waitress seems to be an adult. So, she, yeah, she's poisoning all the adults with the coffee. Which, right. Like, isn't that a typical day at Henson's anyway? Have you tried their <laughs> coffee? It's disgusting. Um, I'll have some water. 104 degree fever. She's drawing predictions of the future. Oh, there's Isaac. What a creep. What a creep. What a creep. Oh, my throat. Oh, goodness. Goodness. I can hardly breathe, I tell you. (gasps) (laughs) It's ironic because Blue Bunny ice cream is a real thing, and they had to recall their ice cream because of like cholera and shit. Isn't that great? Yeah. Look, they had weapons. If Clemenza can figure a way to have a weapon planted for me. Now, this movie is all based on that curvy weapon, right? The one you use to husk corn with? The one you yeah. scoop the seed? Is it the sickle? Yeah, is it the sickle. Spi- is it really? What, yes. is, what does the Grim Reaper have? Oh, a ham sandwich. I wanted a ham sandwich. But we oh. don't see it. And the reason was they had budget trouble. There was a lot of this film that was going to be more special effectsy, and they were going to show you more, but they yeah. couldn't do it because they got a, they had to pay Stephen King right away, and they lost budget. So the budget went to Stephen King's cocaine habit. I guess <laughs> it's eighty four. All right. Does okay, Stephen so King show up? Is the teenagers like killed everybody. Right, including his dad, which yeah. is really sick. Does the narration? Oh, and look, she drew. She drew it. Right. How it says did Henson's you know? on it. Friendlies, massacre of friendlies. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And this must be a horror Holstein's, movie. Holstein's, Holstein's ice cream. Yeah, right. Yeah, Remember so that in kid. Bloomfield? Right. Well, that was where the Sopranos got shot at the end. That's right. Yeah. It yeah. Is. I mean, they shot the scene at it. Whether he got shot, I don't know. So this is the. You can tell it's a horror movie because the kids' cartoon drawings of murders are used for the opening credits. Right. Now, look how the S's are backwards. It was just stereotypical kid. You're writing full sentence uh, Bible quotes, but you get the S. Right. Well, isn't there like a there there is a scene in this movie where she she writes the man who walks in rows and the S is reversed. She was able to write everything else. It's yeah. It's he who walks behind the rows and they mean rows of corn. Oh, he is in that comic that makes a lot of noise in the back. Uh, by the me? way, Carl, I I, <clears throat> I haven't done a set in so long that I don't feel like I can even make references to comedy. So, how I'm lost since the beginning of the pandemic, you stopped doing. Oh, I did a couple. I, I performed at Danny Dutchie's okay. back in uh, last February. Okay, I did, I did Comedy Day. That was it. Very okay. rarefied gig, but that was my last live show. And. 
Are you missing it or? I don't know. I I feel like I'm doing good. Okay, so today, present day. So it was right. only three years ago that the, the whole town got massacred. Exactly right. Three years. And it seems like a lot of story in those opening credits. Like that was a lot we just saw. That's like a whole. Well, what we saw is there's a nicey nice town, and then right. all of a sudden the the kids killed all the adults. And it was under the influence of the evil eye of Isaac. That's what I'm saying. Evil eye of Isaac and then premonitions with prayers and adult massacres. That's a lot before the opening credits. That's a, that's an entire movie right there. If I was Stephen King, I would write that would be, what, 40 pages of bullshit? <laughs> yes. Now, right oh, now, hey. the director's making it seem like he was going to get stabbed or something. It was pretty right. well done. She's being seductive when the hand was in. She's like, hey, 30-something, uh, why don't we do some 69 or something? And he's like, You're exactly huh? right. That's 30-something, huh? and she's Linda Hamilton. Happy right. birthday. And it's not birthday. He has now graduated medical school, and he's about yeah. to be a doctor. Cool. Doctor. Well, wasn't he on Grey's Anatomy? He was on Grey's Anatomy. He was on Grey's Anatomy. Okay, here he is. Here he is. Peter Horton is his name. He pro played Professor Gray Shepherd on the television series 30-something. Yes. He was in yes, St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere. Oh, I'm sorry. St. Elsewhere. He was in Eight is Enough. He was in The White Shadow, one of our favorites. And one of my favorites, Dallas. And he was married to Michelle Pfeiffer for years, for seven that's, years. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But she probably got sick of that awful beard stubble thing he had. <laughs> like he doesn't we have can't a, speak for him. Ooh, we can't speak for him. I got you a cigarette lighter. It says okay. to my do new doctor, here's a cigarette lighter. First criticism of the movie. You see that cigarette lighter, right? Yeah. That should have become the movie fart. At the end of this movie, it involves fire. And and he's given gifted a lighter. This, that, this? At the end of the movie, they go, Oh, I can't believe we finally defeated the children of corn. <laughs> Oh, tell me about it. God, I need a smoke. And a nice smoke. Woo! But he's a doctor, and her gift is a cigarette lighter that says, congratulations, you're a doctor. Yeah. Have a cigarette on me. Well, he is a smoker. 80s. Is he seducing him? I mean, No, God, she's doing a nice dance, like, no more teachers, no more dirty. It's some song about, like, school is over. Oh, what, medical school? Yeah. Yeah, but he, he doesn't... Doesn't she's she doesn't have to sing and dance for him? She obviously is hungry. Mike, if uh, your spouse uh, like got her masters, you wouldn't say yay and make a celebration. Well, I would probably be horny as well. <laughs> she See? chose to sing and dance. That is her choice. Now it's another kissing, and then. Uh, nothing, and she's like, "Okay, great, fine, whatever. I'll fuck him. I'll make some rubbish." <laughs> There's nothing inappropriate about what's going on here. No well, man is... or woman is being oppressed. Oh, no, no, exactly. She's just like, he pushes her aside. Doesn't get the hint. Oh, look at the time. Well, I better get going. I have doctor stuff I need to pack up. Well, no, they're on a road trip. Right now, they're on a road trip together. They're not uh -huh. married, by the way. But is he Doc Hollywood? Together to... Yeah, it's a Doc Hollywood. He's going to his practice. Now, he'll be in an emergency room. Okay, that's where they're going, his first job. 
And yeah, it's uh, Doc Hollywood. He'll get interrupted along the way. Cars too. Cars. cars too. Yeah, I was gonna say cars. You mean car? The first cars. Yeah, cars. cars. Two. Yeah, cars too. They go to Japan. Cars one. He gets uh, look, astray. Stephen King book on the dashboard. Yeah, that's the nightstand shift where this story is based on. They could have uh, saved. Is it? They, is it? Yeah, it is. They okay. could have saved themselves a whole movie. Had they read the book on the dashboard? <laughs> Who reads that's in how the front? The got born. That's how the... Carl, do you read it while driving in the passenger seat? Yes, I do. You do? You don't get car sick? Uh, no, because I know what's up. I know I'm doing it in a car, so I'm not trying to do it the usual way. You know what I mean? I guess. But I, I, I'm bouncing my head like this. You know what I mean? You hold it loose so that if the car goes, you go. The Night Shift had Lawnmower Man in there, uh, and it also had Quitters, Inc., which is in the Cat's Eye anthology movie. Uh, and there was probably more, right, in there? That's uh, Jerusalem's Lot. What was that about, Carl? I did not read that book, even though I yeah. did research this film. Okay, now this kid is, like, going to try to run away, okay? He's going to try to run away through the corn. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now that's all Job and uh, Sarah. That's Dobie? Job and Sarah, and they're, like, part of the story. Now, these are the kids that were innocent. He watched his father get murdered while right. eating a milkshake. Mm -hmm. And now in this post-apocalypse, adult-free lifestyle, they're pawns of Isaac and uh, Malachi. Malachi. And, and, and he, who he, he who walks behind the road. Of corn. <sighs> so he's going to make an escape now. Carl, have you ever seen the shark movie, Stephen Kang's Sharks of the Corn? Stephen Kang. <laughs> you said you said that his father was eating a milkshake. He was shocked. He was chewing. He oh, you're right. The kid was eating the milkshake. He was no, drinking. Drinking, Michael. Drinking. He could have drank it with a straw. He took it out. <laughs> I'd be so fucking freaked out by that experience. Oh, man. Out. The dad, he was drinking a sandwich, eating a milkshake. <laughs> Oh, he was fucking up uh, salad. <laughs> fucking up that salad. Uh, you see the cornrows, not right in this scene, but in many scenes, the cornrows are either fake or they're painted. You see, as they shot, the season changed, and they all started to get uh, brown. Wow. Yeah, so they had to beef them up. Not right now. This is all legit. I would have I would have quit if I was a continuity person. I'd be like, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I'm not a fucking porn person. Now this kid is trying to escape right where the demon lives. He's running through the cornfield. It's dumb. Oh, so so he's gonna. So we we're aware of this demon. I didn't I didn't recognize it. Like I've never seen this movie, but in preparation, I watched this movie, and I had no <laughs> idea. I just thought this dead kid just look, showed look. up. Look, you can see that the tops are, oh, no, I might be wrong. It might be that yellowy thing when they, anyway, the internet tells us that the, the, the fields are going to change from, like, nice green to, like, old gray because of the length of uh, how long it took to shoot this. They use that old gray husk to uh, <clears throat> decorate their town. Uh-huh. All over the town, you'll find creepy corn husks. Like, it would be like the YMCA. 
and then be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's for adults. Uh, let's put some corn husks yeah, all over that's it. Right. Yeah. City Hall. That strip club. Them. Like they go to this town strip club and they just put old corn husks. No adults here, no more. <laughs> if they're marking it like Passover. Well, they killed everybody. Right. It so already... They didn't pass over. They like passed in. Yeah, you're Dropped right. Because you marked to get passed over. Yeah, you put some blood on your door. So the, the angel of death will pass over skip your house. Skip this house. Skip this house. You know, it's a, it's a pun of a holiday about like, we're not going to massacre you. We'll get their neighbor. It's called <laughs> Passover. Get it? It's it's a play on words. Pearl. Now, of course, he's going to get the whammy jammy because he's right in the territory. See that creepy spider? I um, never figured demon. this out. I never made This never made any sense to me. I thought the kids got him. Well, yes, no. Malachi will now show up and slight and and uh, uh, sickle him to death. But does the demon show up in the earlier in this movie? What we're hearing right now is the voices of children in the corn. So it's like that's the demon. The demon is just the presence. We don't actually see him. Oh, oh, ketchup look at that everywhere. Paint. Oh, the ketchup. Oh, the ketchup. Uh, why is this mustard? Well, sorry, boss. They were out of ketchup. No, you don't understand. <laughs> it's not a condiment. It's blood. Come on now. Are we shooting a black the... and white Super 8? No, you idiot. <laughs> um, um, the internet says the map is wrong. It's backwards. She's pointing at Kansas. I don't know. Do we care? Is she pointing at Kansas? Hilarious. <laughs> Like, let's get now, out of this. This is movie. Linda Hamilton. Now, we saw her in Tag, the assassin game. We saw her in something else. We saw her in yeah. Terminator. We watched Terminator. We did watch Terminator. Oh, look. I know he had the kid. Dummy. I didn't want to lighten the mood by saying we were watching Terminator, but that just happened at the same time they hit the kid. But that so never they... aired on Mutiny because it's too long, right? No, it did air on Mutiny. It did air on Mutiny. Our Godfather one right. was too long. But that airs every night because it's on the night playlist, and which is random. So there's the always Godfather? a chance. The Godfather? Yeah. So we have a lot of episodes. If you listen to mutinyradio.fm, there's original programming with new mater- uh, episodes every week. But it's a 24-hour channel. So we have a, you know, a iTunes list called the night playlist where it's all shows. And it's usually supposed to be played randomly. Right. And we have like a dozen of our episodes, including The Godfather. Wow, and it plays the whole episode? Yeah, so the all Great. two hours and 45 minutes uh, will play wow. uh, at three in the morning. Now, look, he's seeing that this kid didn't die because I hit him. This kid died because somebody sickled him. Sickled him. Now, didn't she have that little weird flashback where she was like, unconscious as he thought she was walking in the road? Y- yeah, so she goes up and, okay, they lied to Linda Hamilton and they said that child laws made it that they couldn't have a kid laying on the asphalt in the hot sun with a blanket over his head. It's just unreasonable. And Linda Hamilton said, oh, okay. Right. So then she thought it was a, a dummy, right? So when she's, when he reveals himself, it's genuine, her shock, you know, she. Just like in the Alien movie when it came out of the stomach, they didn't know it was happening. Really? Happen. Well, look, so they're going to wrap this. I think it's they're going to throw the body in the trunk. And Not then yet, we'll, but yes. And then, Carl, whatever happens to that body in the trunk? Never. Nothing. 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 
it rots in there. That's right. Yeah. They you were know, trying to bring it somewhere and alert the police and say, right. take the coroner, take this. And they it never, never bury the body in sacred ground. They never give the body well, the soul. Well, they were a little distracted by a demon, Michael. Well, speaking of demons and souls, there's a soul in their trunk of their car the entire movie. They don't even right, bother to right. bury it. We're going to watch the film, and we're going to find an opportune moment in which they didn't do anything about we're it. We're going to watch this film, and they're going to get to the car, and the car's going to have old corn husks shoved in there by these yes. kids. But not the trunk's gonna, not going to even be open. No, it will never. Okay, so she's going to dream now, and he's going to find out that the blood on the suitcase he's going to find is yeah. fresh. So this guy just got killed. It hasn't coagulated or whatever the word is. And so, like, the murderer is close by. Oh, Malachi. Malachi. Now, is that... Malachi in Linda's dream or no? I guess yeah. no. It's kind of like that that uh, Death Proof movie from Quentin Tarantino where she's just hanging out in the car and her bad guy comes up to it. Yeah, were you talking about the one where his foot, her foot was out the yeah. window? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were in a park. Now, that was a creeper. You, I'm with you 100% there. That was a disgust. Okay, sickle, yeah. look. She wakes up, she thinks, but she's really dreaming, right? Okay, yeah, so she's dreaming while Mordecai is holding a knife at her? Well, Mordecai just goes away now. We won't see him again. Wow, so you're saying that might be a dream. Yeah, this is her dream. She dreams she's getting out of the car. She dreams she's walking towards the body. And then she says she's sorry in the dream. It's, it's he's <coughs> interesting. It's the movie's uh, oddly directed. It's good. It's good because there's not another dream sequence in this movie. No, there is not. Yeah. The, and also, there's other things like that. Like, like Brad, you know, saying elsewhere. He will be in a like uh, in a school, and he'll get this weird sixth sense that that Linda Hamilton's in trouble. Vicky's in trouble. It, 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 it only happens the one time. Right. You know what I mean? Like we haven't. It didn't unreal. You know. I feel like sometimes if there's a weird uh, premise, they can get away with an even weirder premise. So if they say like, "Okay, here we wait, go," wait. that's She's just a dummy. Really be shocked. Just a dummy. Go ahead, Linda. Child labor laws. We can't have a kid lie down the street. In the <laughs> you know Idaho. that, Linda. Whoa! <laughs> oh. I don't know. It wasn't so great, right? Well, it, he doesn't have his stubble yet, so it's easier to hug. <laughs> I meant the, the I meant her recoiling and her Oh, shock. yeah. No, yeah, she, it was authentic. They she did that act the alien. The director so the, did not tell him them that something was going to pop out of the stomach. Well, come on, William Hurt must have known they have like some practical special effects. Like, oh, I'm, of course, William he wasn't lay, lying on the table. He must have been like half sitting, <laughs> then with like a puppeteer in the other half. Mike, 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 Mike. There yeah, you go. It's yeah. Trunk. He was in on it. It's the reaction. The other actors, they didn't know it was going to happen. Dead kid in my trunk. So long, dead kids. See you next movie. Even the cinematographer is, is giving some distance from those creeps that threw a, a kid <laughs> in there. I don't know. I'm going to hide out in these corn stalks. But they're not creeps. They're going to take them to a coroner. Well, that's so that's the Mordecai hanging out in the bushes. Yeah, I guess yes. Oh, here's Ada's Enough House. Meanwhile, Ada's Enough House. 
Now, it's forbidden to go into the eight is enough house or any house, but these kids, Job and Sarah, do it anyway. And they listen to records and they draw pictures and they play Monopoly. Play Monopoly and they play dress up. It's like a Stephen King book. So, okay, so you have a premise like, <laughs> all right, so you have kids kill an entire town, all right? Yeah. It's Village of the Dam, love it. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, as we used to watch it at, at church, it was Village of the Darn. And then they had uh, uh, this uh, this preacher, right? But it's a 12-year-old preacher. Okay, that's, that's the second thing. Okay, I believe that. And this is... And there is a monster in the in the cornhouse named He Who Walks Behind the, the Rose. Rose, right. Okay, yeah. You're all right. You're and and she has premonitions where she can predict the future. Right. She draws it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Stephen King, you're a great writer and I'll believe everything you write. <laughs> but you put it on the screen, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> can't, can't something just turn evil? Like, can't they turn out, you know, like their car starts getting evil or their dog gets evil or the hotel right. they're saying I gets evil. And it's just like he did play know the car gets evil, right? Yeah. That was a good one. I saw that That's the one guy who's out of ideas. He wrote a good uh, 9-11 story mm -hmm. about uh, a guy who uh, office gets, uh, was in the World Trade Center and he wasn't there. And, uh, and he didn't die? Yeah. And then knickknacks from his dead uh, employees start <laughs> popping up around his house. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Where's Stephen King book? It's on, gone off the dash. Yeah. Oh, you know what? The director said, will you cut it out? All right, so here, he has a cigarette. And oh, that's right. He smokes it like he's fucking 12 years old. And he's, it's, well, he's not a real smoker. And he lit it with the gift now they are. Linda's all freaked out. I mean, they just you know, well, they didn't oh, yeah. kill a kid, but they, there's a murdered kid in their trunk. And you're saying they're not married, so she can leave at any time. I was simply saying they're not married. <laughs> wow. So they spent a lot of money on the budget, right? Or they just drove around the cornfields, going, "Okay, that's it. We're done for today." <laughs> the budget suffered from the um, uh, Stephen King taking the cut up front. Yeah, but I mean, it, it. But this thing made a lot of money. They spent eight hundred and fifty thousand on it, and they made like fourteen million. Wow, that's great for nineteen eighty four. Yeah, you know this this movie. I mean, I everyone knows about the sequels. It's you said there's been twelve movies altogether. Eleven. Mm -hmm. Eleven. But do you know one of the the, the uh, it was called Children of the Corn Six Six Six. Yeah, that was, yeah. I got that one, and that that kid comes back in it. The the um, not a kid, Isaac. Isaac. Well, there's Isaac on the right. He's yeah. the best. He's the best in this movie. This kid has more style than than anybody. Like just a burn. Yeah. You know, he's completely. Look at him. He's all dressed up. He's all like, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of shitty children actors in the world, but. Uh, well, he's I'm actually young. 24. He's 24 in, right now on the oh, screen. Okay. All right. So he my shorts. <laughs> well, he's 24. He's great. You know, he quit acting after 9 11 because he was like, I want to be a teacher now, do something meaningful, you know? Uh, he was in Leprechaun, which is, I don't know. Was he? Was he? Who did he play? Title lead? Um, he, and he's our Star Trek connection. Um, he, I don't know. He was. 24 years, he, Leprechaun Space Chase 
He would play Chucky in shots where the killer doll was seen walking in 1988, Chuck, Chucky's Child Play. Wow. That's the first one. Um, in Children of the Corn 666, he comes back, but he co-wrote it with his cousin. That's great. Well, people must be bothering him all the time about this movie because he's so good at it. He was also cousin it in the Adams Family franchise. Oh, well, wow. I thought I recognized his face. <laughs> with all the hair. Yeah, and the, so the bowler he, cap. Um, he, he quit acting and became an English teacher in Santa Clara, California. Um, oh, right nearby. Yeah. So. Oh, now, now the radio station is not fun anymore. Oh, last thing. He's our Star Trek connection. He was on Voyager. Whoop-de-doo. Did he reprise the Clint Howard role of like the Brainiac kid? <laughs> right. So what's in the suitcase? Corn. You, did you see the Clint Howard clip ever? Uh, I've seen the photo of him dressed up as Egghead. Well, yeah, he was an Egghead. Uh, it's a good clip. You should, you should. Uh, well, well, I mean, I've seen him say in interviews say like people come up to me and I'm like it was just one episode on Star Trek. Well, okay, in that episode there was like a horrible, scary guy in a spaceship, and he was making a lot of trouble for the Enterprise. And then when they find him in the end, he's just this little kid. It was all like a, not a puppet, but a simulation kind of thing, you know? And he's like, he isn't a little kid. He was just a wimpy old man. I don't know how to describe it. You got to see it. Okay, now this guy is R.G. Armstrong, and he's a serious real actor. He's, you might know him from Predator, as the General Phillips or Prune Face and Dick Tracy, but he was oh, in yeah. Reds. He was in Heaven Can Wait. Hey, this guy's for real. I don't know what he's doing in this film. Hey, he's probably doing a day's work and get the fuck out. Yeah, it's forty years career. He had to take some stuff that was a day's pay and get them right. Out. He shot all his stuff in one day. He shot all his. Wow. Stuff. All right. All right. There we go. Called it. <laughs> but he's localized to this area he's in a few scenes right now so now what it is is like he doesn't say we got a dead kid but he's like we need to use your phone got no phone you know right the nearest town is three miles but you better not go there because gatlin because they're religious folk so 15 miles away is harris fuck the bird or something you know you ever see the movie cabin in the woods it came out maybe like eight years ago, whatever, ten years ago. Heaven in the Woods? No. Yeah. I? So yeah, you should check it out. It's so yeah. these these kids, these teenagers, go to a, a cabin in the woods. And oh, it's called harm. Cabin, not Kevin. No, no, nothing to do with Kevin. Cabin. It's called Cabin in yeah. the Woods. C A B I and can wait. Oh, Cabin can wait. Yeah. <laughs> cabin in the Woods, but they they do a take of the crazy guy in the gas station right before the cabin. Mm-hmm. that the kids always drive up to. There was this great movie with John Stewart in which they were mistaken as hicks. Like the, the was it teen- the, the, there the were Tucker and teenagers, Dale right? And and they were gonna like go on a trip and it was all a misunderstanding, you know, like it was Tucker and Dale versus Evil, maybe? <laughs> maybe. It was a lot of fun. I don't trust this dog. Oh, I better check willthedogdie.com. Well, he definitely dies, and he, you know, 
Like the corn is mad for some reason. And and old man is like, I didn't tell him nothing. And the dog will go to like fuck with him and get killed. Now, they were going to have a severed dog head, but because of budget constraints, uh-huh. they just have a bloody bandana. Did oh, right, because he was wearing a bandana. I was wondering why that dog was wearing a bandana, is to kill it. <laughs> okay, like, children Come on of- back, Ruski. Does the dog die.com? Children of the corn. He dies. Oh, you know, I think I I have to wait for it to stop buffering. Okay, here we go. Does the dog die? Yes. 38 people voted. The dog runs off camera and as soon its bloody handkerchief appears on top of a car. (laughs) Now, they're going to Hemingford, right? But as they drive towards Hemingford, it's going to say Gatlin closer and closer and closer. They went the other way. So for some reason, they're driving to Gatlin now. So someone must have just made these signs and just posted them. Just a fuck with them. So they got the wrong, wrong address? No, but it's more. And then they're going to wind up right back at the gas station where they started. It's like the demons got them looping around in a circle trying to get them to Gatlin. Oh, I got you. But there'll never be anything else like that in the whole film. I I thought the kids did it, like set up these signs so they can trap adults for their little rituals. No, these guys are not welcomed and not expected. They're called the interlopers, the outs, outlanders. They're outlanders. The outlanders. Yeah. Hey, outlander. Hey. Right, because the Outlanders are the ones who show up during the seasons, like during the summer and stuff. But the uh, well, they're there all year round. There was a South Park in which these two people come to an abandoned town with only kids, and they they do the they do some of the lines like Outlander, we have your woman, she still lives. <laughs> we have your woman. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Oh well, that's Linda well, Hamilton. They, they talk. Re- they talk religiously in this. He is who doth it have it the woman. Oh, come on. He's like, Seth, what are you guys? Oh, he's talking to the demon? Yeah, he's saying, I didn't tell him nothing. You know that. I didn't break our agreement. They they keep him alive because they want the gasoline. I kind of don't get it, but they keep him alive. They didn't kill him, even though he's an adult, because he gives he gets right. them gasoline. But he doesn't really care. He's just there with his dog. It isn't until they show up. He's like, oh, now I'm scared of your wrath. (laughs) Well, somehow, like, the demon's angry at him because he talked to them. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's what it is. Now he'll find the bloody rag instead of a dog's head. (laughs) But it does mean the same thing. Your dog is dead. Yeah. We, we killed your dog, and then we opened up the hood when you weren't looking, and then we threw in the bloody thing in there. Well, not we. You mean we like the kids? Because I think well, this is all the demon. It's unclear to me, Carl. Understood. Feel, it feels like that. Well, I guess there was no fingers in the bushes when, from the camera angle, right? They do the... That's right. They made the wind go, and right. they, there was a lightning and a thunderous, you know. But there was no kids involved in there. You don't now, see them skirmishing. Scur- kids will be involved in a moment, because Malachi's going to come and kill him. 
And that makes uh, he who walks behind the corn angry with Malachi. They need his gasoline, apparently. Malachi just likes to kill, kill, kill. He's a yeah. lot again. So like, well, we killed all these adults. We killed a librarian. Why can't I go ahead and kill uh, this guy? Tone it down. Do you ever shish a librarian? <laughs> Can we try it? Uh, hello, welcome to Montclair State University Library. Uh, I'm your librarian, Mike. Okay, I'll be the librarian. You be the person. Okay. Oh, all right. There, there is no smoking in the library. <laughs> Hang on, I'm almost done. I haven't had a stogie in a long time. No, you're supposed to shush me. This was oh, your joke. I oh, think yeah. you forget, all right, right? Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, you, you were funny with that. All right, go ahead. I ripped what you said. I didn't say the joke. I, t I took it to a, the open mic, and it, it killed. It killed. You're my best writer. You're better than me. You're better than me, Mike. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so you went to the library, and yeah. Uh, right. It's your okay. joke. Did oh. you ever shush a librarian? Like one time I was in the library, and the librarian came right up to me, and she said, sir, there's no smoking in the library. And I said, shh. Love it. Just kidding. Well, I also have a, you know how you can ask a librarian anything? Mm -hmm. I went up there and I said, can I use your microwave? And they told me to get out. And I said, oh, is it because it's that noisy one with the timer? With tick, 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 tick. The dings, the, you can't use that. Okay, I'll have to rewrite that for the open mic, but I'll try. No, no, I think what you said was funny. And if I said it and gave it to you and you used it and it works, then don't let me get involved in it. Oh, Mike, I'm always stealing from you. Always. <laughs> I have so many jokes. Hey, it's yours. good. I haven't been on stage. At least my material's out there. Now, you remember that video I made once with all of yeah. your jokes? Yeah, I love that. The one that you didn't write, but you did. But since that time, there's at least another five minutes of only Mike Spiegelman jokes. Maybe I'll I took, do that again. I took two jokes and I combined them together and I also took out the Polish references. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went into this uh, uh, store and I said, I'd like to have a, uh, uh, a, a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise and pickles. And the guy says, are you Polish? I go, why? Because I like bologna. <laughs> he goes, no, it's a dry cleaner. So that, that's oh, the joke. Oh, this is a dry cleaners. All right, all right. Okay, so they're right back where they started again, driving through the fields, trying to get off the highway. It, it's it, The spirit is like keeping them there, which doesn't make sense because he doesn't want them there. It's I never weirdly got a sense of that. I never got a sense of that. I just thought like, uh, I thought the kids set it up as like, like because they get stuck in the corn and I thought it's like corn maze and, and, and acknowledge, acknowledge, and that acknowledge. You know, when you compare something to another thing, it's an analogy. analogy. It's an analogy. So right now, Bryce, uh, Bryce University graduate in English. Wait, where'd you go to school? I went to Montclair State. I went to Brandeis University. Brandeis, Brandeis English, yeah. English graduate. That was last century. It is analogous. That was, that was last century. So, Look at this. So he's 24 years old, and he's like playing a 12-year-old hellbound creature. Yep. He's killing. He's killing. He's the best part of this movie. Right now, he's given the the preacher talk. You know, it's a sermon, essentially, but it's like happening in real time. He just got talked to by God, which isn't really God, as we know. Yeah, so that's the last adult there. It's turned into a skeleton. So the interlopers are coming. Yeah, it's the – well, it's – no, 
he's the cop who originally tried to like burn down the field when they first started killing, you know? Oh, and gotcha. they, yeah. So he's three years old, rotten up there. He's a special sort of like religious thing. This is what happens. You try to kill the demon. Oh, you get crucified and then your clothes remain the same, but your body turns into a skeleton. Right. A lot of these kids are locals to the Iowa towns. Yeah, you can tell they're still at the 4-H ruins on them. And there's um a there's scenes where like the demons like burrowing through the ground, and it's like Boy Scouts, local Boy Scouts in Iowa, like dug the trenches. Wow, anything for this movie. Yeah. One one thing I noticed about this movie is how cavalier they are with knives. Like you know, it's like the kids will be sitting there with a knife and they're holding the blade. <laughs> yeah. You see him right behind the, uh, Isaac. Don't Dangerous. point at me, Isaac. I don't know if they're all props and they're just like, have fun, kids. But they got a lot of weapons on them. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're like rubber. Right? Rubber. I mean, it's a, it's a film. Where are you going to get a rubber sickle prop? The rubber sickle prop store. Oh, the one in Iowa? <laughs> but Sioux City? Listen, I've bought rubber knives. Tom Crowley used to have a lot of them when he would film. Yeah, I remember all the rubber knives that especially <laughs> the ones that would like when when contact they would like recede so it looked like you were getting stabbed. Listen, if you needed a rubber, Tom Kroll was so was the man. He, he, he that's the place to go. He was the uh, drugstore of Montclair, New Jersey. The pharmacist, we called him. <laughs> oh, corn. So basically now they're rolling into Gatlin and they're like, fucking nobody's here. There's no welcoming committee. Sell a corner. <laughs> right. There's no Terminators there. But Not there's a, a lot Terminator. of corn stalks everywhere. We'll see soon. Oh, see, there's the little kids. With their <laughs> sickles. Yeah, they all have weapons. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> And he just said, here, here's a bunch of props. Go go crazy. Hopefully props go crazy. So um, this um, Hal Roach Studios bought the rights, and Kingstart himself wrote the script for it. Oh, great. They hated it. They hated it. Okay. King's script started with 35 pages of Bert and Vicky arguing in the car. <laughs> oh, how great is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so, wasn't that The Shining? No, they were happy in the car ride. Well, it, no, but 35 pages, Mike, a, a film, a you script of pages a minute. You, they, they had so much happening before the opening credits. Like, would, I wouldn't mind a little pacing. Wait, Slowly. you want to argue now? Just I, You're so contrarian to me just because I say something. You want to argue, right, that them arguing in the car for 35 minutes is a better like, film than this. It's called Children of the corn, and I would just want 35 minutes of that movie where they don't talk about children or corn whatsoever. You'll get it in the beginning when they're arguing. <laughs> okay, so um, Hal Roach said, fuck that, no way, and he hired a guy named uh, Goldsmith. And this guy, George Goldsmith, wrote uh, Horse Five, Nowhere to Hide, I don't know, Hill Street Blues episode, Hot Child in the City. I, I don't know. He didn't write films you've heard of, but uh, he was a pro, 
And he I've heard of to... Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. Out of all of them, I've heard of Hill Street Blues. And... I've heard of Hill Street Blues. I've heard of Hill Street Blues. <laughs> well, he wrote one of those. Oh, yeah, which one was that? The one where, let's see, the chief has a drinking problem. It's the one where it starts with the theme song. It goes, you're watching Hill Street Blues. So now they're trying to find somebody. They're trying to find somebody. They want to say, look, we got a dead kid Bye. in the car. He was murdered. Please take him to the coroner's office. And they also have blood on the on the front of their car that the, the mechanic noticed. <laughs> The mechanic did notice. He didn't yeah. say anything. He's like, you guys, you, no, he did. He said, you guys better keep driving. Like before he told oh, them to go to. Oh, that's why he said it? Yeah, they, they had a glance and there was like red ketchup all over the yellow car. Mm -hmm. It looked like a hot dog order. That looks like a taxi, right? Yeah, it's a monster of a car. All, all the radio has are just preachers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, AM. Okay, they saw the like door close on this house. So it's here's somebody. Let's at least use their phone. Right. Should we park this close to the, the tree? I'm a little on the fence about that. <laughs> You're, yeah, should we park so close to this fence? Oh, I guess we're on the fence about that. Ooh, let's see. Look at how dirty, right? Does he recognize the cameraman on the other side? Uh, the internet tells me there's lots of that in this film, continuity things like you see people from the set uh, in the reflections, yeah. But I've seen this film, this is my fourth time, and I did not notice any of that shit. There's also boom mic sightings and stuff. I missed them all. He does a lot of interesting things. Like we saw the reflection of uh, a lot of the action on car windows and uh, mm -hmm. scraps of cars, windows, these windows. So the guy who wrote the film that said that uh, this is a metaphor for the Iranian Revolution, the takeover of the town by quasi-religious zealots acting for an evil god based on the Ayatollah Khomeini and his revolutionary guard taking over Iran. Burton Vicky became analogous, analogous to the American hostages. Exposing the dangers of uh, evil religious fundamentalism. Shit, you just can't have a single movie in the 80s with some weird politics attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, there's Jiffy Pop, untouched. Cool. Yeah, it's just on the stove. I'm about to make some Jiffy Pop. Uh, well, uh, I did that once with my kids, you know, because they would do yeah. the microwave one. So I said, oh, like when I was a kid, and we did it once, and they're like, wow. And then they were never interested. Nah, I just get the microwave stuff. Yeah, it's a big ordeal. Oh, well, it's great for camping trips. I had a fond memory of my father pulling out the Jiffy Pop on one of those, like, you know, state park uh, yeah. uh, barbecue pits that they have, uh, little setups, and he put it, and it just burnt the fuck out of it almost immediately. Like, it just turned <laughs> into this big black cloud. It was great. <laughs> like, it went boom, like a pimple. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> And he just threw it away, you know? He just let it cool and tossed it. So now they're going to come upon Sarah. Okay, so these are the Monopoly kids. 
Yes. This yep. is the this is the crayon girl from the beginning of the movie. Yep. Sarah. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Which was this? 84, 82 is the Terminator? Uh, 84. I don't remember. You you could be right, it's 82, but but it was like on the earlier side of the 80s, yeah. Yeah. She's good in the last uh, uh, Terminator movie. Dark that was Fury. a terrible film. That was a terrible yeah, but she was, she was good in it. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, she that did a good... It wasn't a good movie, but she got this. She kicked ass, and she was like kind of the center of the film. I liked Terminator Genesis. Many people did not. I thought it was really action packed and good. Oh, look, so all right, so check this out. So there's all these murders, kids draw murders. And he's like, huh? He <laughs> who walks behind the rose. What about the murder pictures above it and to the right? That don't have time for it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. His eyes. Yeah, there's a guy with a knife in his head. <laughs> now. Yeah, he's just like, oh, whatever. Nice Weird. museum. I guess they didn't have any room on the refrigerator, so they had to put the paintings in this room. Sarah Connor. No, I'm just Sarah. Just Sarah. Sarah but of the corn. Looks like Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. No, not in the. I'm Vicky. I'm Vicky in this film. She's like a badass in the last one. She's got like a motorcycle jacket and a motorcycle. Yeah. She's got like. <laughs> goggles and she's all let's go let's ride <laughs> now she draws pictures that predict the future and she's gonna draw a picture of uh vicky getting hauled away by the you know the kids but we don't see that until after it happens i think it would have been much better in the script if we saw it before oh much better for bert and uh her if they saw it now Vic victoria because she does see it ahead of them kidnapping her, and she goes, what is this? But we, as an audience, don't see the picture till after. They didn't make a big deal. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Patrick Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comedy Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space 
2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. It's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in Who's That Live.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to Who's That Live.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true production. First Sundays of every month, join your friends from Mutiny Radio at Hotel Utah on 4th and Bryant. 5 p.m. first Sundays for free comedy. Is San Francisco getting you down? Is everything too expensive? Not first Sundays of the month at Hotel Utah for free comedy with Mutiny Radio. Incredible lineups every month with the best comedians from around the Bay. Join your friends trying to keep things affordable for free comedy first Sundays of the month. Hotel Utah, 4th Street. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please, reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Baby. <laughs> happy, happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 2781 21st Street. Come down. Be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. 
Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. Two seven eight one twenty first Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy. Laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand up comedy and those that. Who's that? Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows.
And when I tell you to get it, I want you to shake that thing. Or something. Hold it. Now shake that thing. the moon right into your eyes like a Keeps a hot and bothered all around the chair. 
Babies from Manhattan will be leaving Harlem if they can. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, man. When Hollywood goes black and tan, Louis Armstrong with his trumpet will be heading westward with his band. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, man. When Hollywood goes black and tan, Harlem crooners with a swing will be singing at the studio. Spring is true, but spring's not the reason. The reason is you. You're my fever, you're my spring. You the. I don't even care if you brush your teeth. Take a look at me, tell me, can't you see? I'm right in my cups. I'm not myself tonight. It's an awful curse when you have to nurse a pair of soap pups. Otherwise, everything's all right. All dressed up, Marcel and everything, all pressed up, all set to have my blank. Here am I, breaking in a pair of shoes. No more like I'm in creation. 